This week, Kevin's not here, so we're talking about Hearthstone, Five Nights at Freddy's, and all kinds of stuff that he doesn't care about. Stay tuned. This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Patrick, and I'm giving you the gaming news like we do every single week. Kevin, uh, unfortunately, is not uh, available today, but we're still here uh, doing gaming news. We want to keep this going as long as we can. We've only, let's see, we've missed like one? Eh, almost two years now we've been uh, giving gaming news every single week rounding up all of the important news for you every single week. We want to keep doing that as long as we can. Uh, and this week had a lot of news. Unfortunately, Kevin not being here is kind of weird uh, on a week where we have a ton of news. But that lets me talk more and not have to uh, listen to Kevin too much. Now I can give you uh, the news. I can give you the, the details on everything uh, in, a, in a brief way, hopefully brief, and uh, not ramble too much. But, you know, I'm going to ramble. Uh, first up, we have some really great news out of, out of Xbox. Halo uh, is backwards compatible. And by Halo, I mean all the Halos except for uh, Halo 2. They're all going to be um, they're all going to be uh, backwards compatible to Xbox One. Uh, there's also some interesting news on this that uh, the Xbox One uh, backwards compatibility will also allow an Xbox One and an Xbox 360 to communicate on a LAN connection and play like Halo 3. Uh, LAN co LAN uh, online or not online LAN multiplayer. Um, so you can actually hook up a 360 and an Xbox One and and play these games together, which is really cool. Uh, Halo Five uh, is also getting um, 4K support uh, on Xbox One. Um, from what I've um, what I'm seeing from people is they're speculating this is going to be checkerboarding, just like uh, Project Anthem or now uh, sorry Project Dylan now Anthem uh, is. A lot of these games are coming out on Xbox One X that say 4K, but what usually happens, or what we're seeing in a lot of the trailers and the gameplay, the gameplay, not even the trailers, the gameplay that people are doing on um, uh, at E3 and other places where they're showing off the Xbox One X, uh, it's actually checkerboarded or other um, uh, methods, and it's not actually native 4K. So it's still a great picture, but it irritates me when I see 4K on there. It's like... If someone just says 1080, like seven or eight years ago, when someone would just say, oh, it's 1080, and I'm like, okay, is it 1080p or I? There is a difference. It's 1080p and 1080i is a huge difference in, and when I see 4K, I feel the same way. I, I want to know, is it actually native? And I want to actually know that. I don't want someone to say, oh yeah, it's, it's native. Um, I really want to know, is it native? Up next, we have uh, StarCraft. Uh, so the StarCraft Remaster uh, is actually going to be uh, released August 14th. It's only going to be $15, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, for, for 15 bucks for an amazing game. Uh, I still prefer StarCraft, the original StarCraft, over um, uh, StarCraft 2. I think part of it's the simplicity and how, uh, how that game runs. I completely prefer this one over, um, uh, over StarCraft 2. I like the, I like the missions. I like the gameplay. Um, again, it's, it's the simplicity involved in it is, it's, 
I think they got it right the first time. They didn't need a second one, in my opinion. The second one wasn't quite as good. Uh, personal opinion, you can uh, thrash me in the comments, by the way. Uh, more Xbox news that I forgot to mention back when we were talking about Xbox. Uh, Xbox is also adding gifting, um, or they're going to be adding gifting, uh, coming soon-ish. So if you're not familiar with this concept, uh, PC, um, if you're on Steam, you can buy something on Steam and then gift it to another player. So uh, let's say you uh, have a specific friend that, that you really wanted to give a gift for their birthday, uh, possibly uh, you wanted to buy them a game because you want them to play a game online with you and they don't have the game and you you know go, you say okay you know what I'm buying it for you you don't have an excuse uh, you'll be able to go onto your Xbox purchase the game and choose it as a gift and then send it it'll it'll go into their um, uh, catalog it'll show up as one of their owned games digitally which is fantastic um, to be able to do that and surprise someone maybe get someone to play online like I said uh, um, or certain games that you, you just tell people you have to play this and they keep making excuses about it. If you just buy it for them, they'll like, have less of an excuse at that point. Sure, time time is valuable, time is money, but um, it's really cool to do that. Uh, Steam has been able to do that for, for quite a while and for Xbox to be able to do that, it's really cool. Up next, we have uh, Crash Bandicoot. So the remaster of Crash Bandicoot is out. Uh, a lot of people are uh, ir uh, a lot of people are really liking it, but some people are actually um, uh, irritated that the game is actually more difficult than it was uh, originally. Uh, the jumping, uh, in particular, uh, and it's specifically how the uh, the Unity engine. Uh, uh, deals with like falling off and, and jumping. The way that this worked on the previous uh, platform uh, it just works better. So the fans of the original are kind of irritated about it because they're used to certain things. You get this a lot when you get ports or you get remasters. Um, when you take uh, a game, uh, for instance, Punch-Out is probably the most revered for this. Punch-Out going uh, from the from the NES, obviously, uh, and then getting a virtual console port of that or uh, the NES Classic, and people saying, this is not as tight. I, you know, it's, it's not quite what they need to do um, you know, to do certain, uh, certain moves or to respond in certain ways. Uh, and platformers and and uh, games like that, it's very important to get that right. So a lot of people are irritated by that, and um, there's actually some, like like I said, the fans and others have, have um, gone through and found that it actually deals with uh, how collisions, um, falling is faster and collisions can be wonky upon landing. So doing that when you're trying to do really tight um, uh, controls and really tight landings on small platforms can be really irritating, especially in a game that re needs this. I mean, imagine playing uh, Mario Brothers and not having that really quick uh, response. It's, it's um, irritating. So far, uh, most of the people that I've seen really enjoyed the remaster, though. But let me know if you're playing the remaster, what you think of it. Uh, I know our Houston, friend Houston uh, is playing it because he never got to play uh, Crash. So shout out to Houston uh, on that. Um, but yeah, the I don't know. It, it's it's a constant struggle when you bring these older games back uh, and I don't know we'll see, we'll see how it is um, I don't think Starcraft is gonna suffer from this though because of the point-and-click click aspect it's not really gonna have the same problem you're using the same you're using PC still um, on that so uh, Hearthstone had a couple things in the news uh, recently 
Um, the classic uh, expansions for Hearthstone are returning to the store, uh, which is great. If you're playing wild and you didn't get to play some of these, that's fantastic because uh, some of the, the archetypes or some of the cards in there are really cool. And if you didn't get a chance to get them before, um, you'll be able to get them now, which I think is really cool. I don't play a lot of wild personally, um, just like Magic the Gathering. I didn't play a lot of like Legacy and uh, I played a little bit of Modern, but um, Wild is the set. If you haven't played Hearthstone, Wild is the setting that basic are the um, bracket uh, that anyone can use any cards from any sets. Uh, it, it is wild. It's you get very interesting uh, interactions, very interesting synergy in that that you don't get in standard. In the uh, the normal uh, ranking and brackets for uh, for Hearthstone, you're specifically playing with the latest expansions, and what that allows for is a more controlled meta. Um, you know kind of what you're going to go up against, and it controls certain interactions that may be overpowered. Um, so to each their own, uh, I think it's really cool that they're able that they're allowing this because people who maybe they picked up Hearthstone in the past, you know, six months and they want to get into Wild and they see these cards they don't have uh, ability to to get. So I think that's really cool that they do that. Um, some people online were discussing this and saying that they wished that uh, Hearthstone would add the ability to trade uh, cards. Um, I think that's a, a horrible idea. And the reason that I think it's a horrible idea to be able to, to, to trade cards like that is you're going to open up a secondary market. You're going to open up a secondary market where people are going to buy them with real money. And at that point, it's going to become pay to win. Um, I would prefer it to stay the way it is where they can control this, this environment. Um, if, if Hearthstone did not have a way uh, to get packs for free, to earn gold and to be able to get new cards for free, uh, I would have a different stance on this. Um, if you had to purchase every single pack, I would say, no, open that secondary market, open the floodgates, let people price whatever they want. Um, I mentioned Magic, Magic the Gathering before because in Magic the Gathering you have to pay for every single um, every single pack that you, that you get uh, or you buy them individually. So if I'm getting cards for free, I don't want an option to purchase them uh, with real money because, like I said, it creates that play to win. Um, you have people who are now open to to play Hearthstone and not have to pay money and enjoy it. They can pay money if they want. Uh, the, the whales are going to be out there. The whales are going to spend money. But I don't want it to open the floodgates where those people, instead of giving Blizzard money, can give um, people on the secondary market money when others are not able to do that. So one thing I like about Hearthstone, as opposed to Magic the Gathering, is it's so inclusive. It doesn't matter uh, what your budget is, you can play. You can play Hearthstone um, at least in the first, uh, you know, probably ten ranks. You can play for free without having any problems. After that, you're gonna. T it's gonna take some grinding to get the right cards, but it's still inclusive. It still allows anyone to jump in and play, as opposed to having to drop down a hundred or two hundred dollars for something that will that will compete in a in a tournament, uh, which is how Magic the Gathering can be if you're buying the cards individually. Uh, more Hearthstone news, though. The um, a new expansion uh, is going to be uh, coming out, Frozen Throne. Um, and the some of the interesting things about the uh, the new expansion uh, for uh, Knights of the Frozen Throne is they're adding Death Knights. And by adding Death Knights, what they're actually doing is they are making your hero a, a Death Knight, an undead 
version of the hero. I've got some interesting thoughts on this, um, being a World of Warcraft player um, back in the day. So uh, a Death Knight is a is a class. Um, you are an undead. You had a previous life, whatever, and then you're raised up and you're, you're brought back and you become a Death Knight. Well, for a a Death Knight has a certain skill set and. What they're doing here is is different than World of Warcraft. I don't think it's bad, but I think it's kind of a weird hodgepodge of lore. Uh, in World of Warcraft, you are a Death Knight and you have Death Knight abilities. Here, you're going to play a hero that's become a Death Knight, so you have a lot of your original flavor involved. I think that I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's a weird. Um, mix when in World of Warcraft you can't play a Death Knight who used to be a, uh, a mage and then have mage abilities. Now you'll have uh, Death Knight mage uh, mixes, which it'll create an interesting meta. I'm curious to see how this works and balance wise. Um, I personally would have preferred to have another class uh, in, um, in uh, Hearthstone. That's going to mess up the balance, I agree, but I think it works better lore-wise. Uh, if these people, if these, um, if a Death Knight is a class, then it should not be interchangeable with other classes in the World of Warcraft. You're cre it's creating hybridization, which um, you, you don't have in World of Warcraft. You don't have people who are, who are hunter warlocks, and that's kind of the feel that I got when I saw uh, that the Death Knights are going to be, you know, it's going to enhance your current um, you know, hero. I don't know, let me know in the comments what you think about that because it's, it's unique to me um, to be able to do that. And um, I don't know, maybe this is a showing, well, it's not going to do it, change World of Warcraft, but um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that was, a, it was a, an idea that they had and they said this makes sense because they used to be you know, whatever. So uh, let me know what you think about that uh, and if you're playing Hearthstone. Um, on completely different news though, uh, we had some Five Nights at Freddy's non-news. So Five Nights at Freddy's um, uh, creator, uh, Scott Kaufman, was, was talking or tweeted in one tweet uh, that uh, he was working on a Five Nights at Freddy's sequel and in the same tweet he said, uh, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, I think that he's burned out. Um, he basically said, I've been working on it and I decided uh, my heart's not in it, I'm not doing it. Uh, a lot of people are not convinced by this though. He's done things like this in the past, like say, oh, well, you know, I'm not working on a game and then boom, the game comes out. So it's, it's not unlike him to do something like this either for publicity, maybe he enjoys the, the, the ebb and flow of, of people on Twitter. I'm not really sure, but uh, it was an interesting tweet, the fact that he said, I'm working on it, I, I was working on it, I'm not anymore, and you're not going to get it. So maybe it's something he'll come back to, maybe it's something he'll surprise everyone with, and it'll come out you know next month. He's done this before. So... Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens on that. A little bit of uh, non-news news. Um, on some actual news, though, uh, Crimson Court's uh, coming out to, uh, on August uh, 22nd. This is the Darkest Dungeon. Um, so this is the, uh, the Darkest Dungeon um, expansion, if you will. And I, I really liked Darkest Dungeon. The, it, was, it was a very interesting and, uh, and unique uh, game. Um, 
I'm a big fan of the, the Souls games, and something that, that gets really, really difficult like this but has a huge payoff is really cool. Um, it's uh, kind of balancing, like your, your adventure is going into a, uh, into a dungeon, but you have to worry about like your, your fear uh, and, and stress of the, of the characters, um, which I think is, was a really unique um, mechanic in the game. So Crimson Court uh, is, uh, is actually sold uh, 175,000 copies cold, uh, sold and counting, which I think is fantastic to show. Or to, uh, it's, it's fantastic that, that so many people are, are picking up this game uh, or, or uh, pre-ordering um, a game from this developer because they showed with The Darkest Dungeon um, that that they're going to they give really good content and they give it right off the bat uh, It wasn't crazy buggy right when it came out. So you have that kind of that trust um, That a lot of people wish that they got um, You know their people are trusting and they're and they want to give give money over to uh, uh, To them and I think that's fantastic um, So we did have the um, the Castlevania Netflix uh, series uh, did release on Friday. Uh, if you didn't check that out, check it out. Uh, it's it's amazing. Um, but in similar news, the Assassin's Creed uh, there's going to be Assassin's Creed show, uh, and it's actually going to be an anime series. So again, more animated stuff, which I think uh, I, as much as I would like, I would like a. Um, a good Assassin's Creed movie because I think the Assassin's Creed movie wasn't quite—I um, don't know—it wasn't quite up to what I would have personally liked uh, in regards to story. Um, but I think that doing this as an as an anime, I think, will be a fantastic uh, choice. I think it'll work really well. It'll allow them to do a lot of um, original things and a lot of um, like over-the-top um, stuff without having to completely blow a budget. Uh, I think that I don't know. I'm, I'm after seeing Castlevania. I think that uh, I think Assassin's Creed uh, could do really well. Um, I, I I will say, and I've said this a lot before. When you do come out with an animated uh, TV show, animated movie, uh, you do limit your audience a little bit. Uh, I do prefer the live action. <clears throat> um, when I see something like this, I prefer. To, I do prefer to watch live action, but. I have to I have to really be invested in the property um, to to watch something like this animated. I'm going to watch it, but I think that a lot of people, if they see, oh, there's a Justice League movie, but this is an animated one. Oh, there's a Superman movie, this is an animated one. Well, they may pass it up, which is unfortunate because the DC movies have been fantastic in in, in their um, animated um, stuff. DC has it down when it comes to animated movies. Marvel has it down when it comes to uh, the actual live action movies. Um, and I'm hoping that more people will start to 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 um, the stigma will kind of take off, uh, be taken off of this uh, after seeing uh, the uh, Castlevania and some others, uh, because animation is a great art form that I don't think should die. I see way too much crap animation, uh, especially in kids programming. Way too much crap animation uh, on um, uh, Disney and and. Uh, was it Disney Kids XD, whatever the heck it is. There's so much of this cheap 3D rendering that looks like a college project, and I'm tired of it. I really like good animation. And speaking of good animation, uh, Cuphead, uh, it's official. Cuphead is not going to come to the, uh, the PlayStation. Um, there was talk of it not quite being an exclusive, uh, but it is official. Cuphead uh, will be only on Xbox. Uh, and then it will be on, sorry, it'll be on Steam, I believe. 
uh, afterwards, but um, uh, sorry, I apologize. Uh, it should be Steam at the same time, um, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, but I think that this is a, this is a loss for for Sony, but a huge win for for Xbox because Cuphead um, Cuphead's beautiful. If you haven't seen the trailer for it, then you know we're we're playing it now. But um, uh, the uh, Cuphead is fully a fully animated video game. So what I mean by that is that the all of the all of the the sprites, if you will, all of the frames are are hand animated. So you get this uh, amazing throwback uh, animated movie look, which you know no one's no one's doing. Uh, it looks like old um, it looks like old Disney. I mean, and I mean, old old Disney is what it looks like to me. Um, it's it's gorgeous, and there's there's a certain charm to to how they do this, which I think, like I said, it's very unique. No one else is doing it. I want to see more interesting and unique things like this. Uh, it makes me excited to be a gamer and excited to show people something unique and say, look, look how cool this is, as opposed to you know, I, if I'm explaining another first person shooter. Okay, it's another first-person shooter. What's what is important? What is unique? What hooks you into the game? And this game hooks me. The platforming is going to be cool. It's co couch co-op, which I'm all about. But the animation style completely hooks me on this. Uh, another thing that's hooked me from the get-go has been Mario Odyssey. I I got my Switch. I'm happy with it. I love it. I'm playing um, I am playing uh, Zelda and Minecraft, and um, I would say that. The, the Mario Kart on the Switch is amazing. It's the same Mario Kart from uh, Wii U, but ported over. The portability of that, being able to take it other places is great. Anyways, enough of my rant about the Switch. Uh, I, I love my Switch, and Mario Odyssey is one of the uh, must-have titles for the Nintendo Switch. I, I, in my opinion, it is the first exclusive game for the Switch that... Um, there's, it's a system seller. Um, Legend of Zelda was a system seller, but if you had a Wii U, you could just get it on Wii U. This game is going to be amazing. That being said, interesting news coming out this week was that Nintendo said that there is no game over screen uh, in Super Mario Odyssey. You collect coins like Mario does, and as you, if you die or you fall into a pit, whatever happens, uh, you'll be thrown out of it and you'll lose some coins. If you go down to zero coins, you will not uh, get a game over. You'll still be, uh, you'll still go back to either a checkpoint or, or however they want to do it, but they're not going to do an actual game over screen, which I think is interesting. I think the the meta people are still going to find uh, find ways uh, to play the game where they're like, oh, this is how I want to play it. You know, it's like a, it's a no. You know, uh, if if they want to play it where they uh, they they never get down to zero coins or they never lose any coins. Someone's going to do that. They're going to play throughs of that. But the game itself, not having a game over, a lot of people are worried that's going to make it too easy. I don't think it'll make it too easy. Um, Dark Souls doesn't have a game over screen. Uh, it throws you back to a checkpoint and you have to continue. And that's one of the hardest games on the planet. And it does not have a game over screen. So I don't think that it necessarily means the game is going to be too easy. But I think it will be more forgiving because a lot of younger players, they don't want they don't want uh, huge setbacks. And they, they want to, uh, younger players, casual gamers, they want to plug in and play. They want to just jump in and have fun. And if you keep hitting a wall, 
and not only hitting a wall, but you keep getting thrown back where you have to replay a bunch, it's really deterring for a lot of a lot of people. Uh, Mario's never well. Mario was pretty hardcore to begin with, but Mario has been inclusive to to all players. Uh, the first couple levels of Mario are are you know kind of difficult, but um, even younger players. I mean, I played it when I was when I was a kid. Uh, a lot of people play this when they're when they're really young, but Mario uh, should be challenging. Mario should not be too, too should not be insanely difficult. It should be fun and challenging, but it should not make you want to break your controller and throw your switch through a window. So I'm okay with this. I'd I'm curious to see how it's going to run, how the um, it's going to actually uh, work in play. But I think it's I think it's good news overall. Um, speaking of Nintendo, Splatoon Two, uh, sorry, uh, Splatoon Two is uh, getting a uh, compatibility with a with a net sorry Nintendo Switch Online app, uh, which allows for voice chat and all of that, which they were talking about possibly not uh, being able to do. Um, uh, and getting new characters and the demo is coming out July fifteenth. The demo is available from three p.m. until seven p.m. Pacific, and I say that very slowly because if you want to get in on a Nintendo demo, you have to go only during the time that they allow. So download it from the eShop now. Set a reminder on your calendar, whatever you need to do, uh, to make sure that you can jump back in uh, and and play it if you want to play the demo. This has been one of the frustrating things for me when it comes to Nintendo, because I don't think that I, I think that a limited demo in that fashion I think is hurtful. I think opening it up for the entire weekend would be considerably better. No one's going to play. Uh, play it for four or five hours and go, I've had my fill of Splatoon, I'll never play it. Um, it, it if, they, if they'd like, if they want Splatoon, if they want to buy Splatoon, they're going to continue to play that online uh, functionality and everything. They are going to have to buy the game. It's This isn't like um, uh, Until Dawn or another game that you can play through uh, Heavy Rains and that you can play through uh, Heavy Rain's another one, play through the story and you're done. If you know, if you gave that to me for a weekend, I would probably play through the entire story, uh, binge through the entire story and be done with it. But there are other games like uh, Mass Effect being one of them. Mass Effect, you know, if you want to do that in a weekend, you've you've really got to dedicate yourself. But this, these games are online. This is this is like when they when they came out with the Overwatch. Um, uh, demo the Overwatch. Uh, they did Overwatch beta. They had the Overwatch demo. They gave it out for for a weekend. Just jump in and play Overwatch because they knew if they got it into people's hands, if people played it, and they hooked that audience, that core audience that they want to keep playing, they're going to hook them no matter what. Nintendo, you need to wise up on that. People that you want in the community for Splatoon, if you want this community to be healthy, you want to get everyone playing this game. You want everyone to try it because you're going to get people who don't or aren't are quite sure about it and they're going to get a chance to play it. ARMS is the same way. Give me a free weekend of ARMS. The reason that I say that is I'm on the fence about it. I don't know anybody who has it and I don't want to like go look on Craigslist and say, hey, who, whose house can I go to to play ARMS? I want to try ARMS. I'm curious, but I'm not going to spend $60 on the title for what could be glorified Wii Boxing. I've heard it's better. I've heard it's better. Guys, t let me know in the comments because I've heard other people tell me, but it hasn't hooked me. Splatoon 2 is the same way. Uh, it has, it, it, I've played it, it's okay, but um, 
it hasn't hooked me yet. But if you gave me a free weekend where I didn't have to cram it all into a 30 minute, you know, play period, give me a free weekend where I can, I can enjoy the multiplayer and I may toss you my money because I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, to me, that's betting. Uh, I'm betting that this game is going to be good. Uh, Pre-ordering a game, uh, if it's a brand new intellectual property, if it's a uh, if it's a new uh, Bethesda game, as Kevin, you know, uh, will will tell you, you're placing your bet that what you're going to get is what you want. It might not be what you want. Um, opening up the, the the floodgates and letting people play it is not a bad thing for this. The people are, if people like it, they're going to be part of the community. You don't want the people who are going to buy it for sixty and never come back. I know, yeah, that, that gives you money, but the community is what matters in these types of games. Um, that matters more than just getting the money up front. And it's business, but it needs to be done right. Um, on to things that I do like, though, as I finish my rant on that. Uh, Shadow of War uh, is, is coming out, and they, um, they mentioned that you're able to uh, import your... Uh, if you're on... Um, uh, the, the same platform, I believe, you're able to import your worst enemy from Shadow of Mordor into this game. So the, the enemy that gave you the most crap, the one that just kept tracking you down, um, you can bring them in to this game uh, and continue uh, for them to be your, your arch enemy, which I think is amazing. Uh, the way that they built the, the system uh, for, um, for Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, I think this is fantastic. I know I say fantastic a lot because it is fantastic. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Nemesis system, it's the system that they used in Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. And what it is is there are key orcs uh, or orcs in the game that uh, they're chiefs um, and they can uh, rise in rank depending on what they do in the game. And if you uh, fight them but you don't, you don't decapitate them, if you fight them, you throw them off a cliff like I did, thinking it would be okay. Um, they they survive. They come back with scars. If you burn one of them, he'll come back with scars. You'll find him again. He may or may not have risen in rank, but he will remember you. And and I think that was one of the really one of the coolest things about Shadow of Mordor. It had a, re a lot of great things going on, but the fact that I would be playing and run into the same uh, NPC again, and he remembered me. It wasn't just this nameless uh, interaction. You know, you would see a, a zoom in close up to the, to the guy, and he would say, you know, you thought you could get rid of me by throwing me off the cliff. And I'm like, holy crap, I did. I threw you off of a cliff or lit you on fire uh, or just hacked you to what I thought was death, but it wasn't. You have to decapitate him. So I, I think it's really cool that they're adding this uh, they're giving something to players of Shadow of Mordor, giving you something to say, hey, you know, well, your play mattered. What you did mattered, and we're going to bring it over. And that's it's a small gesture, but it's a really cool gesture. Uh, on to uh, other gestures of, of awesome things. Uh, Doomfist is, is, uh, is coming to Overwatch finally. So uh, a lot of people have been really excited about it. It's the cybernetically enhanced uh, uh, hero that... Um, you know, the, with with a hand cannon, and I, I think it's it's great. First thing that I thought when I think of uh, of Doomfist, it reminds me of Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. It's just me, the whole hand cannon thing. Um, but I'm I'm really happy uh, about this. But I was upset because a lot of people were were hoping 
that Terry Crews was going to be voicing uh, voicing him, and unfortunately, he's not. Um, I think it's it's really cool uh, that they're adding this character. Though the lore uh, involved in in Overwatch, I think, is one of um, is is really cool. It's it's an added bonus to what a game that didn't need that much backstory, but it has it. It has the backstory if you want it. If you don't want it, that's fine. You can play your archetype character. You can play Tracer or whoever you want to play. Winston, my boy, my boy Winston. You can play whoever you want, but if you really want to dig in, you can see some of this uh, this amazing backstory. Um, and and we're getting Doomfist, so happy about that. Also happy about Her uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is adding a, a new game plus um, uh, functionality. Uh, also adding more face paint options, ultra hard difficulty, which is fantastic. I'm sorry I keep saying fantastic. It's it's wonderful. This game is 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 amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, the gameplay is 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 amazing. The gameplay on this is just tight enough uh, to to you know where you're not. It's not it's not too loose where you feel like you know you could you know dying is is someone else's fault. Uh, it's not on the level of Dark Souls, but the gameplay is great. The the adventuring in this game is is just and and the the cinematics are, are breathtaking and the environment is breathtaking, and I'm glad that they're continuing to support this. They mentioned early on that this was you know one of their new new IPs they're really proud of, but a lot of companies say that before a game comes out and you kind of just wait and say, okay, is it really going to matter? Uh, are you going to continue to support it? And they've shown that they're going to continue to support it and continue to to show that appreciation to the fans of it by giving these type of modes and the uh, the DLC that's coming out. Um, I, I think it's it's great. I mean, uh, Aloy's a great character. I'm glad we're getting this love for her. Um, I'm hopeful that that the community will continue to grow with this and that people will continue to get their hands on this game if they haven't played it. Uh, it's it's a it's a great game. The premise, of course, is is over the top, but it's done in in such a uh, it's it's done in a way that works in a way that makes sense. It looks like dinosaur like robot dinosaurs, but it actually makes sense. I promise. Um, suspend a little bit of disbelief on it, and you will really enjoy that game. Um, speaking of suspending disbelief, uh, Tekken Seven. Uh, is getting bowling, um, and I don't. I mean, I'm glad it's getting it. I guess I, I'm. I love mini games. Don't get me wrong. I love mini games, but when I see things like this, it makes me wonder. Just why? I know bowling was in one of the other Tekken games. I'm not a, a, a big Tekken fan. I play it. Uh, I play it every now and then, but it's not a series that I follow real closely. But. It's interesting to me seeing bowling pop up in this, and it's not, um, you know, it's not an uh, MMO, it's not an RPG. I mean, throwing bowling into, you know, Grand Theft Auto 4 makes sense. It's something else for you to do in a living, breathing city. It's interesting in these uh, type of environments. I heard bowling was really fun uh, in the other Tekken games. It's just, it's kind of unique to me to throw it into a fighter, uh, but. Let me know if you played Tekken bowling. If you played bowling in a Tekken game previously, or other strange mini games that you didn't think would work that somehow worked. Um, last two bits of uh, of news: uh, PlayStation now is adding PS4 games, um, which is is great. The, the 
uh, PlayStation Now is the subscription uh, model that you can uh, subscribe to that and play uh, online, uh, sorry, play uh, games. But unfortunately, PlayStation Now is streaming off of the PlayStation server. You're not downloading the game to your hard drive, which can uh, be an issue if your internet connection isn't, isn't phenomenal. Um, but adding PlayStation 4 games on this is really cool. Uh, it, so that way you can, um, you know, jump in and play some PlayStation 4 games without having to, to buy them. I mean, if you think about it budget-wise, instead of renting games like you would at a Blockbuster or uh, whatever exists now, Redbox, I guess, is as close as we go, um, and some mom-and-pop places, uh, you can um, subscribe to this and you know play through these games and not have a late fee uh, of any kind and you know play through some you know different games like uh, Red Dead Redemption I believe is the one that's on there for PlayStation 3 and these are games that are completely worth your time and maybe you don't want to buy it maybe you want to try it out you can try out a bunch of them like a sample platter and if you find something you like go for it so Happy that it's on there. I still wish that they would do what Xbox is going to be doing with their with their subscription model, where you subscribe, uh, you you um, download a game that's in their uh, list, and if you're not a subscriber, you can't play that game. I think that it works really well. Um, uh, recently, I was uh, playing um, uh, Dark Souls on my Xbox One. I got signed out of online for some weird reason. And since I was signed out of Gold, Xbox Gold, it couldn't check to see if that game was was valid um, because it's a digital uh, download. And because it couldn't check, it wouldn't let me play it. And that's annoying when it comes to to the the online. Uh, sorry, when it comes to that, I need to check and see if that happens on all digital games or if just 360 games. Maybe just 360. But um, there are systems in place that can do this on PlayStation as well. Um, because if you sign into someone else's PlayStation, download a game, and you're not on their profile, you're, and then they sign out of their profile, you try to play it, it won't play it. So um, I think PlayStation has the ability to do this. They just haven't implemented it. Maybe it's something they'll kind of, they'll do in the in the future for PlayStation Now. Doing that would get me to play, uh, to get me to possibly subscribe to PlayStation Now, though. Uh, something else uh, interesting in the news, which I thought was one of the coolest bits, um, not really news news, but uh, in the, the threads of people who are going through the operating system for the Nintendo Switch, um, and we don't know exactly which update did this or when it happened, but there is what appears to be an, an NES emulator on the Nintendo Switch if you have the current version of the current, uh, current uh, firmware and software. Uh, it is codenamed Flog, F-L-O-G, but it looks like it's an, actually an NES emulator, which I think is, is brilliant uh, for the space involved in the, um, uh, in the Switch. Switch has limited uh, on, onboard memory. Uh, obviously, put an SD card in that thing. Yeah, throw a mini SD card in it if you have a Switch. But it has limited uh, space on the, on the Switch itself, so... Um, having an emulator as part of it means that you can have you know 10 different games and they all just run off the emulator uh, NES games if you purchase them um, you could run them off the emulator uh, as opposed to having to pack in an emulator every time someone buys it uh, it's the most efficient way to do it uh, and I think that this means we are closer to an NES uh, to playing NES games on the Nintendo Switch which makes me very happy I want 
to pl I will. I'm gonna buy Mario All Stars again. I'm gonna buy uh, Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda. There's so many games I'm gonna rebuy on this, and. Uh, if they open up uh, NES, SNES, uh, Game Boy, if they open those up right out, right out the gate, uh, you're going to have a ton of money flooding into you, Nintendo. And we mentioned before um, doing, um, uh, which we tweet, I tweeted at Nintendo about this as well, doing a uh, buy two, get one, or different flash sales like PlayStation is doing and Steam does is going to get you a ton more money. It's more the velocity of money, Nintendo. And if you're a business person, you know what, if you're in, into the economy, you know what velocity of money refers to. Um, and if you do that, you're going to get more money in the long run and the short run um, and you'll get more traffic for people to look at your store over and over and over again. And when you do that, you can have, I mean, you may hook someone with, with a property that they weren't familiar with or a specific sale that, of a property they're not familiar with, and you get $5 that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, it's, it is the way to make money in the video game economy right now that is, that is not, only, uh, not only very profitable, but it is not, it's not shady whatsoever. And it's, it's really respectful and honorable uh, when you say, hey, here's a flash sale this weekend or this week. You can get whatever for you know half price or, hey, we're doing a buy one, get one or buy two, get one. You're going to have a bunch of people buy these virtual console games that may or may not have purchased that one. Instead of getting 30 bucks out of a person in a year, you could easily get 60 or 70 bucks because they're giving you little bits of money over and over and over and over again. And it's it's all about velocity of money, guys. If you aren't familiar with it, check that out. And if you're not if you're not a subscriber already, subscribe to us uh, here on YouTube, and uh, let us know in the comments what you think about uh, the Nintendo Switch, uh, the backwards compatibility uh, for the Virtual Console, and that, and uh, and Doomfist finally coming out. We'll talk to you guys later.